Hey everyone, welcome to today's podcast. Today we're talking about don't stop emotional eating. If you are an emotional eater, I know the first thing you wanna do is to stop doing it, but this is not gonna help you long-term. If you're an emotional eater, the first thing you wanna do is start to understand why you're emotionally eating and which emotion specifically you are eating for. Because emotional eating is kind of this giant catch-all phrase we use to describe when we're eating for different emotions. But if you really wanna resolve the emotional eating, you've gotta go in and figure out which emotions you're specifically eating for. So sometimes you're eating because you're depressed, sometimes you're eating because you're stressed out, sometimes you're eating because you're just bored. And so we need to understand the specific reason why you're emotionally eating so that you can come up with the specific solution to it. Um, if you just try to stop emotional eating, you're not getting to the core problem. And the core problem is an emotional one. And so if you're truly gonna resolve it, we gotta understand the emotion that we're trying to feel. And so, for example, if you are a stress eater, let's just say, um, what happens is we don't wanna just stop stress eating because we never dealt with the core issue, which is that you wanna be able to manage the stress better. And the food's not doing that. The food typically, when we're talking about emotional eating, typically the food is acting more as a distraction from whatever negative emotion is going on. And so if we just stop the eating, now we're just left with the emotion. And that a lot of times feels very overwhelming. Okay, and so we go back to the stress eating. Okay, great, you stop stress eating for a couple nights, but now what you've done is you have gotten rid of your best stress management technique, which is eating. And so now when you get rid of that, you're going to notice that your stress gets even higher. So this is not a real solution just to stop it. We wanna understand, oh, okay, I'm stress eating. And once we understand what emotion we're eating to deal with, then we can start asking the magic question of what would I like to feel instead? Well, I don't wanna feel stressed. I wanna feel more relaxed and calm. And then the magic question of all, how can I feel more relaxed and calm without food? And once you start coming up with answers that truly work for you to this question, now you truly start to move past the emotional eating. Because right now, you're emotional eating probably because that is your best way to deal with the emotions that you don't wanna feel. It's probably the best strategy you have to distract yourself and consequently minimize the experience of the crappy emotions you're feeling that you don't wanna feel. So again, just stopping emotional eating is like putting a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound. It just doesn't do much. When we start to really understand what the emotions are, um, and, and again, you'll notice patterns. Sometimes you have a pattern of stress eating. It might be after work when you're tired all day. Um, sometimes you might eat because you're feeling lonely. That might be on the weekends. Uh, you know, again, there's there are patterns to what you're doing. And when you start to figure out, okay, this is a stress eating process. This is a... Um, I'm lonely, this is when I'm feeling depressed. Whatever the emotions are, we wanna identify them and then begin asking the question, how do I wanna feel in this situation? And then the magical one, how can I start to feel more of that without food? And now all of a sudden, it becomes a lot easier to deal with the emotional eating because you have dealt with the emotions. Still gotta deal with the eating, okay? But it's a lot easier because now it's just the food piece you're dealing with and not the emotional piece. So take a little bit of time and really reflect on your emotional eating, what's going on. Start to identify it and figure out what it is. And then again, ask the question, how do I wanna feel? And how can I feel that without food? And once you have those answers, I think you're gonna find that the whole process of getting a handle on your emotional eating becomes much easier. So I wish you the best with this. Uh, if anyone has any questions, feel free to ask them. We'll get into it. 
And it could be a question about anything if you're new here. We'll talk about anything, anything you have about weight loss. If you're interested in losing weight, if you're trying to lose weight, um, it's working, it's not working, we could talk about it. Um, get a lot of times people ask me about specific diets, and I will tell you my answer is usually the same, that most diets are not going to last long term for you. So that's my big issue with diets, not necessarily the philosophy behind them, necessarily, although I have a lot of issue with the philosophy because a lot of times they're too intense. Right? Um, Deanna, she says, how do you think like a thin person? That's the right question, okay? Um, I really love that question. How do you think like a thin, healthy person? And I think you have to add thin onto that. You have to add healthy onto that. Um, it's not just about being thin, right? Because if we start just asking just thin, then we start to not be healthy and then it's not sustainable. Okay, so we really want to be specific and, and ask the question, how do I think like a thin, healthy person? And that is a big question. And I'm going to punt it off a little bit in the sense of please go to my bio, get the hypnosis session I give you and watch the training I give you. It's a full half hour training that goes a lot deeper into it um, that, that will explain a lot more of that. But how do you think like a thin person? Well, you don't think like a dieter. <laughs> That's the first step. Um, dieter, dieter thinking is really an overwhelming reactionary thought process. Okay, so you're overweight, you're upset about it, and you're looking for short-term fixes to get yourself back to your weight. Okay, so to think like a thin, healthy person, I'm gonna very, very specific what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about a dieter who loses 40 pounds in a month. I'm talking about a person who gets to their goal weight and then stays there for at least two years. That's my model that I've always referenced on my journey. And that distinction has been all the difference in the world because you've got to make a clear distinction between the diet mindset of just losing weight, I just want to lose the weight as quick as I can, and the weight mastery mindset of thinking and living as a thin and healthy person. And the biggest difference between the two is the time frame. A dieter thinks in a very short time frame, and a thin, healthy person thinks in a much longer time frame. And the goals are different, obviously. The dieter thinks about losing weight, and the thin, healthy person thinks about living at their goal weight. And that distinction is so important because if we just focus on losing the weight, we it's almost impossible not to choose extreme plans so that we can lose the weight quickly. But then those plans are unsustainable. And so we have not set ourselves up for long-term success. So to think like a thin, healthy person, I believe the first kind of doorway you walk through is to realize that it's about living at your goal weight for the rest of your life on near autopilot. And if you make that your North Star and you get obsessed with that goal, what happens is you will reveal a whole bunch of strategies for yourself that a dieter will never get access to. Because the strategies to lose weight quickly and the strategies to live at your goal weight are two totally different things. And so most likely you have been obsessed with losing weight and your way to try and lose weight is to do extreme things that are uncomfortable. And I'm going to get to Eugene in a second, like intermittent fasting. <laughs> intermittent fasting and keto are the two most popular diets right now. And they're the two most miserable diets for most people. Now, I like intermittent fasting. I like aspects of keto. Um, but as Gene follows it up quickly, but not my favorite. Right? So intermittent fasting is working, but it's not my favorite. And so I don't know how not your favorite it is. If you find it miserable, you won't stick with it long and you'll pretty much just be wasting your time here. 
And that's the difference between thinking like a dieter and thinking like a thin, healthy person. If what you're doing to lose the weight is miserable and you don't enjoy doing it, then don't do it because what's the point? Again, it's all about what you're focusing on. If you're focusing on short-term weight loss, doing miserable shit to lose weight makes a lot of sense because who cares? It's just for a little while. It's just until I lose the weight. But behind the phrase, it's just till I lose the weight, is the anxiety of, well, what do I do then? And most likely, if you're someone who's overweight and been struggling with diets for a long time, what you may not even be aware of is that there is a ton of anxiety about reaching your goal weight because you have no strategy and no sense of how to maintain that. You know how to be overweight and you know how to be a dieter. And that's it. You never learn how to be a thin, healthy person. And so it's a lot of subtleties, mindset subtleties that make all the difference in the world, but that's a big one. So um, yeah, we can't just judge our weight loss strategy by how much weight we lost this week. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, so again, a thin, healthy person's more oriented to the long-term goal of living at your goal weight. And so if you hate keto, if you hate intermittent fasting, if you find you're really hungry and you're struggling with it, that's a diet or mindset because you're not gonna stick with it. And so yes, you'll lose some weight for a little while and then you will stop doing the things you hate doing it and then you will put the weight back on. That's a diet or mindset. So a thin and healthy person might look at intermittent fasting and say, well, it makes sense, right? It makes sense to, to cut the window, eating window down. That makes a lot of sense. But I don't need to start with 16 hours. I don't need to start with 16 hours. I usually eat 16 hours a day. I don't need to cut my eating window in half starting tomorrow. Maybe I'll work up to it. Maybe I'll start to make the eating window between when I go to bed and when I stop eating bigger. I'll focus on that. So I like to think that a thin, healthy person... Now, again, I want to be specific. I'm talking about someone who becomes a thin, healthy person. I'm not talking about people that are just naturally thin and healthy because they don't realize what they're even doing, okay? And um, God bless them, but I'm talking about what I'm ta sharing with you is things that I have learned over the last 30 years from people that were overweight and successfully reduced their weight and now live at a lower goal weight. That's what I'm talking about. And that transition really is a mindset one primarily. And the first mindset shift you've got to make is that I'm going to set myself up for long-term success. I want to live at my goal weight for the rest of my life on near autopilot. That's the goal. And when you make that the goal, you have got to choose different strategies because doing keto for the rest of your life is probably one of the least appealing things you could imagine. And so as soon as you realize that, you can cut the shit with the keto. Cut it out, okay? And you can start to focus on longer term things. And how does that look? What does it look like to cut the shit with keto? Well, it looks like what I do, where I don't eat much refined carbs during the week. I don't eat much bread. I don't eat much pasta, right? I, I eat to whole grains, whole natural foods. And then on the weekend, I'll eat, I'll eat carbs. So, oh, wow, right? Who knew? Who knew you could do that? Right. But again, a dieter is such an all or nothing mindset, right? You're so trapped in this all or nothing thing that you don't realize that most of your life, you can't be all. And so what you're usually is nothing. And so I would suggest you replace that with a thin and healthy approach, which is all or something approach to mastering your weight. Because most of your life is going to be spent in the something range. You can't be perfect with your keto plan, with your intermittent fasting forever. So that's a long answer, but that's what I think. <laughs> So good job, Gene. I guess you're, you're playing with things. So everything is about learning. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, so here goes, Gene, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because let's talk about it. Because again, 
you know, the difference between the best diet and the most popular diet is night and day. And the most popular diet at this point is uh, keto and intermittent fasting. And I, I don't have a problem with intermittent fasting per se. Um, I definitely have a problem with keto. I think keto is goofy. I think if you're doing keto, I know you're so desperate, you can't think of anything else and you love the fast weight loss from keto. But after you get a week or two into it, you start to remember how much you hate living in keto and ketosis. It, it's a weird thing to do. Um, there's no, there's, there's no society living in ketosis. It's, it's a, it's a strange, strange overreaction to the environment we live in. And it's such an overreaction, overcorrection that you can't stick with it and don't want to stick with it. And so the keto idea, you know what I see from keto is I see people that go on to keto and lose a bunch of weight and then end up always putting the weight back on. Is that not what you guys see? <laughs> and then intermittent fasting again. Yeah, you get, you know, and now I'm biased with intermittent fasting. I like intermittent fasting the way I do it. I do about 12, 13, 14 hours a day, I'm not eating. Um, but I went at it completely different. There was no intermittent fasting when I started doing it. So um, again, it's the mindset of it. My mindset's completely different. I don't have any problem with the science of intermittent fasting. I, I get all that. But uh, I think it's overwhelming for most people to jump into not eating for 16 hours. And what I find, let me just frame the other side of it, is I find a lot of people with the intermittent fasting it's almost like a it's a training program for binge eating because then they they're so hungry by the time they get to their eight hour window that they're way overeating during the eight hours and now they they train themselves to binge eat and they're not even aware of it. Oh my god, how am I not eating for sixteen hours and still gaining weight or not losing weight? Because it's called the licensing effect. And when you do something good, moral, virtuous, and you're proud of yourself, you tend to follow it up by taking your eye off the ball and you don't realize how much you're eating during the eight hours. So again, I'm not here to be negative, Gene, but we got to acknowledge these things. We can't, dieters love just ignoring the shit that's right there in front of them. You know what I mean? And now again, it's new. So hey, when we do new things, they're, they're, it's harder at the beginning usually, okay? But you, Gene, have to have some sense in yourself. Is this something that's getting easier or am I absolutely dreading tomorrow because I can't eat until noon? You've got you've to be aware of that because if you're dreading it, I, I don't know what the point is. The, the dread doesn't turn into pleasure. If it's a little difficult and it's not too bad, okay, that's one thing. But there's no reason, there is no reason in the world. I, now again, I'm biased because I always get people that, that, that intermittent fasting hasn't worked for. You understand? And so what happens is they, eat, they start eating breakfast, a smart, intelligent breakfast. Because what I have them do is, okay, great. You prove to yourself you don't need to eat breakfast. I focus everyone. Again, this is the worst and first strategy. The worst eating habit you have and the first eating meal of the day. You focus on that and you optimize it. So intermittent, strat intermittent fasters, the, my favorite thing I love to do with them. Now, again, my number one rule is that there's no right or wrong. There's only what works for you. So if you're doing intermittent fasting and you're loving it and you're thriving on it, then you do it, okay? But what I find is most people are not loving it and thriving on it. That's what I see, okay? And so when I get these people that, again, oh, I don't know, my eating's crazy during an eight-hour window. Yeah, because you're starving. You, you, by the time you get to noon, you're really hungry. And now you can't control your eating. And so I love getting those people. I say, okay, you know, you don't even need to eat breakfast. So why don't you eat breakfast? Let's just test it out for a week. Eat a really nutritious breakfast because you haven't been eating anything at all. And so just eat something really nourishing, whole, natural, whole foods, okay? And then just see what happens for the week. Well, you know what usually happens? They feel a lot better, okay? Now they're managing their hunger. Again, in Program Yourself Thin, we manage our hunger. You, I, don't, I don't know how you're going to just be walking around really hungry and not overeating. I don't know who you are. You must have some amazing willpower, or do you not? Do you have this dream that you'll be able to be starving and eat great? I, I have not seen that play out. I can't do it. 
So I don't know. I don't understand the idea that you're going to be hungry all the time and um, eat well. I, I don't get that. But um, so anyways, <laughs> yeah, I end up focusing on the clock. Yeah, yeah, focus on the clock is a bad news because what that means is you're no longer even connected to your body. And this is the classic dieter move, regardless of diet, is you really start to, you stop focusing on inside of you, how you feel, how you think, your hunger, your emotions, all this. You, you stop focusing on how you feel and you start focus on external cues to track your, your when you're going to eat and all the rest of it. Now, I'm a big believer in structured eating, so I'm not, I'm not saying that's a horrible strategy, but I think it's it's too much. You're not paying attention to how you feel at all. Anyways, I wish you the best with it, Gene. But again, we got to recognize these things. What's up, Karen? How's it going? Um, tea lovers, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Jody says, nope, scheduled eating around your lifestyle is the only way to live on autopilot goal weight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Jody's a great example. Because Jody's in the program. And, you know, we talk a lot of, in the program kind of the general philosophy to start off with is the the five two model five days of clean eating two days of pleasure eating now again that's those are just numbers made up out of the blue kind of um again they, they fall back to the 80 20 which we'll get to in a second um but i start off one clean day six pleasure days you know and so you can do that but again it's a philosophy of having clear cut this i want to be a clean day let me make it clean let me see what the challenges are and, and the strategies are to make that happen and these are the pleasure days how can i eat for pleasure you know, and then then how can I go back to eating clean again? So we're practicing day in and day or week in and week out this model, um, and it's very helpful. But so Jody, that didn't work for her, and so she tweaked it to herself. So what works for her lifestyle? You know, this is I think is such a missing piece of so many people's weight loss puzzle is that you're not really building anything around you. You're taking just some ex some expert. Dr. Fung said you got to not eat for 16 hours because that's the most ideal time, and now that's what I got to do. You don't know this guy. He doesn't fucking know you. You know what I mean? Like you're you're basing this stuff on, it's not, like all the things you're trying to do to lose weight have nothing to do with you. And so you end up kind of like trying to put a, a square peg into a round hole. That's your whole weight loss experience feels like that, doesn't it? Like you're trying to force yourself to do something you don't want to do. And you think it's because, you know, you have no willpower, but it's because you have no strategy. Intermittent fasting is not a strategy. It's a tactic. Okay, keto is not a strategy. It's a tactic. It's one thing. Just stop eating carbs. Just stop eating for sixteen hours. It's like if you think you should, if you think you just need to change one thing to master your weight, you're not thinking about it very deeply. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like if you think your weight, people always do this. They way underestimate what's going on here. You know, I and I hate. I don't want to. I'm not sitting here trying to make you feel bad, but. It, it, it's going to take more than one thing. It's going to take more than counting your points, not eating for 16 hours, not eating carbs, only eating Mediterranean food. Because those are just what you're supposed to do. That's like 10% of the problem. The 90% of the problem is up in your brains, how you think about things, how you emotionally respond to things, the programs that you've had installed into you. You know, like it's just... There's more to it than just knowing, oh, okay, stop eating carbs. Oh, oh I'm, good. I'm on the road to success now. I just watched a video about it. I should stop eating. Don't do keto. I didn't know. I didn't know refined carbs are bad for you. Did you really? <laughs> I'm kind of being an asshole about it, but it's like, it's it's just, you you know, it, I, I don't blame any of you for this. It, it's none of our faults because we've been conditioned by the diet industry our whole lives literally millions of ads that get us to think about weight loss like 
fucking kindergartners. <laughs> right? I mean, do we not think about weight loss like little baby kindergartners? Well, they made us into little babies when it comes to losing weight. First of all, you're impatient like a child. Um, you think like a child. Oh, I'm just going to cut carbs out. Yeah, oh yeah. And I get it. You know what? Hey, listen. If it's the first time, you never heard about keto in your life, and you find out about keto and you think it's the magic road, go ahead and do it. You know what? Eh, maybe it'll work for you. What, what a great, easy plan. Go ahead and do it. But if you have tried keto 50 times and you're going to try it for a 51st time, you might need to go get your brain checked. You might have memory problems. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, come on. You know what I mean? It's not going to be different this time. It's going to be the same stuff that comes up, you know, that we got to deal with. And, and that, to that point, when it comes to weight loss, it's got to take more than just having some stupid fucking plan written down. Oh, I'm going to do this now. I got my new plan. <laughs> like... Hey, Deanna, there you go. I feel like I'm not in control. I need my brain checked. I, I get it, right? But at least, I mean, I'm joking a little bit, but it's like, it's, start there. <laughs> you know what I mean, like, we can't just say, we can't just say the only thing you need to succeed with your weight is, is a meal plan. Because that's what every diet is, right? I always say this, that the weight loss industry, in one form or another, is always some person telling you what to do. They're telling you how to eat. They're telling you how to work out. They may even tell you how to live. And then it's up to you to get yourself to do it. And that's the core problem you have is you don't know how to influence your behaviors. You don't know how to influence how you feel. You don't know how to influence how you think in your head. And you're never learning that stuff. You never learn how to influence your mindset. And so you find yourself, I always joke about this because it's like that, the, what's that saying, you know, that insanity is the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting a different result. And it's like dieters are the most insane people on the planet. It's, it's pathological. And it is pathological. It's literally, you know, you don't look at things in, hypnotically like I do. Everything to me is hypnosis. But you have been conditioned, hypnotized to think like a dieter. So that now you're, you're literally, you know, never mind clucking like a fucking chicken, dude. <laughs> don't worry about hypnosis clucking like a chicken. You should worry about hypnosis thinking like a dieter. That's one of the worst hypnosises that's happening to you. Don't you find it odd? <laughs> I mean, talk about hypnotic phenomena. Um, one of the most common hypnotic phenomena is like amnesia, not remembering. I mean, are there any, is there any more obvious thing than amnesia for dieters? How many times are you going to try the same plan? Did you, did you forget what happened the last time you did keto? <laughs> you know, uh, it's crazy. John, gained a pound after the weekend. Didn't bother me a bit. I was already back to my eating plan. You know, John, I saw the gained me a pound after the weekend. I was glad to see it. It's good. It's good. Because you know why, folks? You got to get out of the streak mindset. You know, as a dieter, you're, you're so streaky. You start day one and you're tracking every day. And then the first day you screw up, that's the end of it. The first day the weight goes up, that's I'm done. John here has been a lifetime dieter. He's in the program. So he's been a lifetime dieter. All sorts of diet traumas, if you want to call them that. I think it's appropriate words. And um, for the first time, and I love John's story because I say this because I've, I've been riffing on intermittent fasting and keto for the last 20 minutes. But he was he found me on New Year's Day. And uh, he was just about to start his keto intermittent fasting plan the following day. Landed on me. And now, you know, the rest is history. But uh, yeah, so imagine, imagine gaining a pound and it doesn't bother you. How's that possible? Because you understand why you gained the pound. I always say this about the scale. The scale is not the problem, folks. I know you're freaked out by the scale. The scale is not the problem. The problem is that it reveals that you don't know how to lose weight. You don't know how to control your eating. The scale really ultimately ought to feel like the speedometer of your car. 
You're not scared to look at the speedometer of your car because you know how to speed up or slow down. But you look at the scale and you step on it and you just feel like, oh, please, please, God, oh, God. And it's like you completely feel that way because you have, you have no real sense of control of how to master your weight. John's got a real plan now. He knows why the scale went up a pound. He understands why it went that, and he's fine with it because it's part of a longer-term plan. And so, yeah, you put a pound on during the weekend because of how he was eating, but now he's right back onto it, right back onto the eating plan. Folks, that's the most important thing, I swear. That's probably the most important part of Program Yourself. Then when I talk about the eating plan of the 5-2 model, five days of clean eating, two days of pleasure eating, the most important part of that is when you keep going with it because it's five days of clean eating, two days of pleasure eating, five days of clean eating, so every week you're practicing getting back on track because the number one skill of mastering your weight is the ability to get back on track quickly. You as a dieter think you're just going to be perfect. You're riding that perfect wave. And as soon as it crashes, you're done. And so that's a fucking stupid... Think about this. Because this is... I can I, I don't know you and I know you because I know what you've done to lose weight. It's like, a, it's like a hamster wheel. You get real upset. Okay, that's it. I'm going to do it. You pick your crazy plan. You start doing it for a couple of days. You make a mistake and now you stop doing it. A couple months go by, you get real upset, time to do my plan, you start your plan, same one, different one, do do it for a couple days, mess up something, right back to doing nothing. And it's on and on and on, and it's probably been that way for decades. So you've got to learn to get back on track quickly. Now, part of getting back on track quickly is that you can't do crazy shit. Because ketosis, is there anything worse in the world than when you, oh, I was in ketosis, now I blew it. Now you got to get all the way back into ketosis. And it's like, again, it's the all or nothing thinking. So now that you made the mistake, oh, now I'm not ketosis. It feels like this giant, this giant step to get back there. And it feels overwhelming, you know, but John has a plan. So now you can get back on track. So John, I'm proud of you because that's a big moment for you. It's important to gain a pound and be fine with it. (laughs) Because it's horrible. I fail constantly. Um, Well, Deanna, I, I, you know, it's like I fail constantly is... You can only fail constantly because of the, the 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 concept you're in. Dieting is set up very specifically for you to fail constantly. All the diets are owned by the big food companies. It's a way for them to condition you to be overweight forever. I know you don't believe me. Weight Watchers was owned by Heinz. Jenny Craig was owned by Nestle. Atkins Food Products was owned by the same company as Onions, Pretzels, and Cinnabon. Slim Fast owned by the same company as Ben & Jerry's Ice Cream. These companies don't want you to lose weight. They want you to severely restrict in some way or another because when you restrict intensely, it causes you to have this bounce back effect where you overconsume, And so you're stuck in the overconsumption thing. So the only way you can fail constantly is by starting these diets. You start them and then you stop them. And you start them and then you fail. You start them and you fail. Start them and you fail. And it's a stupid way to go about it. And again, I, I, I reference like college it's like with college, you have a long-term, you have a long-term focus, right? And so that allows you to weather the ups and downs of college, right? If you only measured yourself on how you understood things in the moment or how you did on every, each and every quiz or test or homework assignment, you'd quit because you're going to get a bad grade at some point. And then, oh, forget it. I don't get it. But with college, because you have a long-term time frame, you know what the ultimate goal is? You anticipate there's going to be ups and downs with the whole thing. You know, so I know fail constantly. You you can't fail until you quit. And that's what's happening with the diets. You're starting them with this big bang and then you're quitting them because they're too overwhelming. And so, yeah, it's the diet mindset. With programming yourself, then we're constantly making mistakes, but we're learning from them. So there is no failure. There's only feedback. And so you take the feedback and you tweak and, and improve just like you would anything else in your life. 
That's what's so weird. That's how complete the hypnosis is with dieting. You're in such a trance that, you know, there's all these areas of your life. Everyone I work with in my program, they're all, everyone's like an overthinker, smart, um, usually successful professionally or personally in their ways that are important to them. And then they're struggling with the weight. And when you look at areas of their lives that they're successful with, it's like, it's always the same thing. You stuck with it. You learn, you grow, you take your mistakes, you learn from, you keep getting better, growing, evolving. And then it comes to weight and it's like, oh, I've struggled my weight for 40 years, but tomorrow I'm going to start my diet and be perfect with it. And I'm just going to be perfect with it until I lose all the weight. Huh? It makes, like, it makes no sense. Just because you know how to do something doesn't mean you can do it. So anyways... So again, Deanna, it's not that you're failing constantly. It's because you're dieting and you think there's an end point where as soon as I mess up, I'm done. Yeah, John, I'm getting better every day. Exactly. Uh, gee, Jim, I will do good, but then I'll always go back to getting off track. I just feel lost sometimes. Again, I get it because get you, you, again, you're all or nothing. If you're a dieter, you're all or nothing. You're either doing everything perfect or you're not doing anything at all. Because just doing a little bit feels a little point. You know, you've been conditioned. Think about this. Millions of weight loss ads in your life you've seen, and it's always the before and after picture and how long it takes to do it. So you're obsessed with short-term weight loss. And um, so, yeah, you'll do good and always go back to getting off track because what you're doing is you're, you're not doing good. You're doing perfect. Do you understand? You're not doing good. Like you got some, I know it. I know you got, I don't even know what you're doing, G. I don't know if you're tracking calories, ketoing it, intermittent fasting, a combination of them all, but it's like you're doing everything perfect. So not, you're not doing good. I'm doing perfect for a couple of days. And then you, you can't keep that up. You make one mistake and now you're doing right back to doing nothing. So it's not that there's some problem with you. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? I was like, oh, Jim, my struggle is consistency. No, it's not consistency. It's that you're following a fucking goofy plan where you think tomorrow, let me put it in a different context. Let's just say you want to learn to play the piano. Never, never played the piano before, but you want to learn to play it. And so you say, I want to get re good really fast. I'm really obsessed with getting good fast. I'm going to play 10 hours a day. Okay, great. The first day you get through, the second day you wake up, your fingers are cramped up and you hate the piano. This is metaphorically what you're doing with the diet. So it's not that you can't be consistent. It's that your strategy is stupid. It, it's too much, too soon. You're just going to completely change the way you eat. Could you minimize this process anymore? Do you really think you can just decide to change the way you eat? How do you think you're, how do you think you, this goes back to like, <laughs> this is the core problem people have in general is that you don't even have the basic understanding of how your mind works. This is, hypnosis is most greatest gift to society in my opinion is a simple explanation of how your brain works that you have a conscious mind and a subconscious mind and the subconscious mind is in control of all your habitual thoughts feelings and behaviors okay so you you're basically you live your life on autopilot okay and so your conscious mind is the part of you that knows what you should do to lose weight knows why you should lose weight tries to get you to do it. that's where your willpower is where your strategy is where your executive planning is it's your prefrontal cortex part of your brain newest part of your brain, about 10% of your brain, by the way. And the rest of your brain is your subconscious, unconscious mind. Your unconscious mind is the stuff you were born doing, body temperature regulation, breathing, things like that. Subconscious stuff's all the things you've learned as a human. And so you basically live on autopilot. You're not a conscious being who's consciously making decisions every moment of the day, logically, rationally. So if you don't know that, you're up shit's creek, Without a paddle, without a canoe, you're just fucked. I don't know what to say. If you think you're consciously in control of all your decisions, what? 
if, if that was the case, if that was the case, you would be like a, like a robot. You know what I mean? Like you'd be a robot. You'd be Spock. And you would just be like, oh, you know, every food decision, you would just choose the healthy right thing. Why do you choose healthy food sometimes and unhealthy food other times? You know which is which. You want to lose weight all the time, right? So why do you choose the unhealthy food? It's not a logical thing to do, is it? <laughs> That's okay. I don't think you're a logical creature. I don't think I'm a logical creature. So I focus on my, my weight mastery is built around reprogram my subconscious mind so that I habitually and naturally do the right things. You, when you go on a diet, you're trying to consciously micromanage every little decision you make. Losing weight is not hard because it's the food. That, that's a piece of it. The bigger part is that you're now trying to consciously do something that you usually do subconsciously. Okay, so for example, losing weight is more like if you decided, okay, from now on, I'm going to use my other hand to brush my teeth, to use my phone, to use my computer mouse. And you could do it, but it takes a lot more energy because you've got to focus on and concentrate and it's not automatic. And very few of us will get through a day doing that because it's annoying as shit. That's why weight loss is hard because you're all of a sudden trying to consciously control all the things you do subconsciously. And you're not built for that. Your brain's not built for that, you know? So again, it's not you. It's not your willpower. It's a shitty strategy, G. You got a shitty strategy. I can guess when you are doing good, you're actually doing great, you're doing perfect, and you're following something extreme that you can't keep up with because it's completely different than what you normally do. Fed says 100% facts. It is 100% facts, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, Niffy Lynn says every day I listen to your realism and I appreciate it more and more by the day. Thank you. You were welcome. Yeah. That's the beauty of my life. I will tell you it, it gets better every day because I, um, I live the, uh, I, I live a dream life where I get to, I get to do my work with, um, like dream clients, you know, and I, you know, I, I get to charge enough, you know what I mean? That, that I'm able to do that. And then I do this for free. And so I can, I don't have to bullshit you. <laughs> the, the whole weight loss industry is just bullshit. Bullshit. All of it. Doctors, nurses, dietitians. I, I'm not blame. I like all these people. I just think it's everyone is looking at it from a different perspective than I am. I truly believe that. I don't have delusions of grandeur either. <laughs> I just, I just know. Cause when I started this, I was like, okay, let me learn mindset from someone. Let me, where can I learn about the mindset of weight, weight mastery? And I was like, uh, uh, anyone, does anyone teach this? You know? And it was like, nope, nope, nope. So I had to kind of create it myself. You know, it's been 30 years personally, 20 years professionally. I've done almost 6,000 private weight loss sessions. You know, I'm obsessed with this stuff, but what I'm obsessed with, it's different than most of the weight loss industry is this, that again, the, most of the weight loss industry is telling you what to do in some fashion, how to eat, what to exercise, what to do. I am helping you get yourself to do it. Very few people, I don't know who's really helping with the mindset piece, you know? And, and that's the part I think it's, how could you not think that's the most important piece? You've known what to do for a long time, you know? And you haven't been able to get yourself to do it. I mean, if you don't think the mindset piece is the most important, what do you think? <laughs> what, do you, what do you think is it, you know? What's up, Don? Right back in and do that called gain is fine quickly because it's not fat gain, it's a fluctuation. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and your body, your weight fluctuates, folks, you know? I mean, again, a dieter, you're so nervous of the scale, you're controlled by that scale, which is a good litmus test to show you that, you know, subconsciously, emotionally, you're in a, in a weird spot, you know, it's gonna be hard. Um, 
When I started looking at food like cigarettes, my life changed. Oh, yeah, junk foods. Yup, yup. Yeah. It, and it's so true. I, I got I got a bunch of stuff coming your way because I'm on a kick right now where I'm really reading a lot about processed foods again. And um, when we say that the, the you have to look at the food, the junk food, processed food is cigarettes, literally. Because the food companies and the cigarette companies are the exact same thing. You know, literally Nabisco and RJR Reynolds are literally merged together. They're the same company. Do you know the parent company of Kraft is Philip Morris? These guys in the 70s divested from the cigarettes and they went into the food industry and they did the exact same philosophy. They wanted to create the most addictive product possible. They used the most aggressive marketing they possibly can to get everyone hooked. And they sit on all the science showing how bad it is for you. So if you want to understand where we're at with the food, we're in 1950s with the cigarettes. And so, you know, again, part of it, and on top of that, they, they got in, they, they bought the diets up. So now they get you coming and going and they fill your head with bricks when it comes to diets. You know, don't you find it odd? There's so it's a $65 billion a year industry, weight loss industry. There hasn't been one diet that works that, that there's not one diet that helps you get your mindset right. Is there even a diet that focuses on the mindset folks? What's it always doing? They're telling you what to eat, eat fucking grapefruits. Eat uh, eat Mediterranean is a great diet, but oh, just eat a Mediterranean diet. Oh, okay, yeah. Go from your shitty, uh, sad American, standard American diet to eat Mediterranean food. Yeah, let me know how that goes by the end of the week. Let me let me know. Let me know if you have any cravings for junk food that that are really strong. You know, how do you work with that? And so here you sit, and when it comes to weight loss now, here's how you know you've been programmed, hypnotized by the diet industry, aka the food industry is that when you are really honest, when you think about losing weight, you have a negative feeling. Think about that. You associate, subconsciously, you associate weight loss with pain. How's that possible? Right, think about that. It's crazy, right? Because the first thing you think about when you lose weight is you think deprivation, boredom, difficulty, frustration, hard failure right so you wonder why you're not losing any weight you, you wonder why you think about weight loss 24 hours a day but you never lose weight you've been hypnotized by the diet industry by the food industry by the medical industry <laughs> i love doctors but let's be honest the medical industry you know it, it's it's built around treating symptoms so here you go you have three of the largest industries on the planet making their money off of you being overweight, unhealthy, and unhappy. Right? <laughs> right? And so, and the food's a huge part of that. So anyways, yeah, I've been studying a lot about food. I read um, Ultra Processed People I just finished last week, and I'm reading The Dorito Effect now. And um, it's very interesting. Again, there's the this is the book if you, if you like to read. I'm going to do a video on it, talking about some of the things I learned in there. It's... Um, you know, listen, it, it, it's a great book and I love it, but, but I, this, and I'm not trying to be egotistical here. I've known a lot of this stuff for a long time. I learned it 30 years ago because I started studying yoga and I started learning the difference between natural foods and processed foods even 30 years ago. And it's only gotten way worse. So yeah, if you think you're going to be able to, and again, that's why the diet industry wants you to think in terms of calories, because calories are disembodied from the food that they're delivered in. 
right? So if all you do is think about a calorie, well, it doesn't matter if it's a calorie of fruits and vegetables or a calorie of McDonald's. A calorie is a calorie, Jim. I had some morons say that to me on YouTube yesterday. You know? Oh, calories. I mean, it was a stupid comment. I get stupid comments and I remember them real easy, but it's a dumb comment. A calorie. Oh yeah, okay. A calorie is a calorie on a very technical level, but a calorie is not a calorie in the real world. You know, and this was, uh, that's the video I made. That, that a calorie is a calorie. You think that a calorie in the form of an apple is the same as calories in the form of cookies? This person did. And a calorie is a calorie. Oh yeah? Use your fucking brain. You don't think that the cookie's going to affect you differently than the apple? You don't think the fiber, the natural food matrix that the apple calories exist within is going to be different than the flour, powdered flour, sugar, powdered... <laughs> And whatever else is in that cookie? What? I mean, you don't think one's absorbed way faster and leads you to be way hungrier? You don't think one lights up your dopamine receptors way more than the apple? You know? And it's like, it's this sort of thinking that it's just, you know, it doesn't make any sense. So when you start to see things accurately, that's a huge part. That's the mindset piece, though. That's just one piece of it. This is what I'm saying, is that even 30 years ago, I... Now, part of it was I sought out people that had lost weight and kept it off. And I would interview them. And I didn't just ask them what they did. I asked them how they thought. And I really got inside their minds of how they thought and the shifts they made that really made the difference. And the big shift you find with people that have lost weight successfully is the same shift you find in people that stop abusing alcohol, stop abusing drugs, stop abusing gambling. They change the way they think about it. And it's always the same story, you know? But if you think you're going to diet and you're going to think about food exactly the same way you do, even, I mean, Einstein said this, the same level of thinking that created the problem can't solve the problem. So if you think the same way you're thinking that's been keeping you stuck overweight, that magically you're just going to follow a plan, think exactly the same, you're just going to follow a different plan and be a different weight. Like, that makes no sense, you know? Um, Shakira says I had surgery and it's the first time in six months that I just want to eat. <laughs> yeah. Well, Shakira, listen, please, 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 please go get, get the, go to my bio on TikTok. You can go to program yourself then if you're not on TikTok for whatever reason. Um, but go to my bio, click the link and get the hypnosis session I give you. And please watch the training because the surgery, this is, no one thinks this. I'm sure they told you this, but you don't even want to hear it because we just want to think that surgery is a magic bullet. But it's not. And a lot of times what happens with surgeries, bariatric surgeries and sleeves and bi bypasses and bands is that people normalize after a few months to having the small stomach. And again, I think there's no better example of how important your mindset is. That I, I forget that specific number now, but a lot of people that get the surgery or the lap band... Um, put the weight back on. So think about how hard it is to put the weight back on. Well, they, they lose the weight. Pretty much everyone loses weight initially because you, you can't eat much like you did. So it's disruptive. But after a few months, you kind of get your bearings back. Now your stomach's as big and you can start eating just as much as you always did. You have to eat it differently. I've heard, I've had people, they, they blend stuff up so they can drink it. They eat just all day long, constantly graze. And again, how does this happen? You know, it just, it illustrates just how important your mindset is. You know, it's always a mindset. So, 
again, it's you've got an advantage here where you've got an extra kind of. I always say this to people on the medicines too. You know, it's like it's a band aid, fine, but use it as an opportunity to get your mind right. I have people in my program on Ozempix and, and the semaglutides, you know, and so it's fine. Use it as a crutch if you want to, um, but you got to get your mind at, at some point. If you have any chance of living at your goal weight long term, you got to get your mind right. Don't you think that? <laughs> I just don't understand. I get that you wouldn't think it like automatically because you've been conditioned not to think about that. But when I hear it, when you hear me say it, don't you think your mindset's pretty much the whole game? Right? Because, um, yeah, you got to get your mind right, Shakira, okay? Doctor took my blood pressure and it's down to 11772. I may have to reduce my blood pressure medicine already. John, that's so awesome. I got, again, I, I, he'll listen to this at some point. I don't know if he's listening to this live, but um, a family member of mine has lost a quarter of his body weight. 25%, right? And uh, but but and that's cool, but but he's he's off all sorts of medications. This is what I'm trying to say, you know? Medicine gonna medicine. It, I'm not blaming him. I I, I think I'll, I love doctors. I love the medical staff. I think there's I got a lot of good stuff they want to do. When it comes to weight, I would not listen to them. We've never had more doctoring going on in our history, and we've never had obesity rates going off the charts. They don't know how to help you lose weight. That's a fact. They don't learn it. They don't know it. You know, doctors know a lot of stuff, but they do not know how to help you master your weight. Unfortunately, there's always outliers. Okay, but but if it's a it's a typical doctor, they're not learning that. They don't know. So that's amazing, John. That's exciting, and it's nice to get off all the medicines, isn't it? <laughs> it's a bastard. Hi, Jim. Your jo- your program should be more accepted by doctors. Dieters. It's the first program that includes mindset, habits, and food. Yeah, I get it, Astrid. I I, I agree. Um, I'm not that type of guy to like do the things that would have to get it accepted. I've worked with doctors. I've had doctors call me. I've had conversations um, with doctors, and they'll use my stuff. Uh, you know, they they kind of learn it and, and it integrate some of it in. Um, but what I guess what I mean is like I I would to get it like approved by insurance. You know what I mean? There's so many hoops to to jump through. I, I don't see myself ever doing that. I'm not that guy. But uh. Yeah, it should be, you know. And again, I'm not the only. One, I'm not, I don't think I'm the only one. I know there's other people out there that are helping with mindset. I'm just saying, you, you never hear of us, <laughs> right? You don't hear. I always joke, you know. I was just talking about the diets and how they're all owned by big food companies. I don't think you're ever going to see Program Yourself Thin, which is my program. I don't think you're ever going to see that program bought by Nestle or Heinz and then blasted out to the world because that would instantly negatively affect their their bottom line. Because it's all mindset, you know? It's all strategy and mindset and all the rest of it. But I appreciate you saying that, Astrid. Um, uh, The calorie hoax is a mass psychosis probably started by processed food companies. Yeah, I would agree. There's no doubt the calorie... um, I mean, calories is a thing to track, no doubt. But it's bullshit. It's... I always say this, and I'm going to say it again, that you, you've you got to watch The Insider, I think. You, go watch The Insider with Russell Crowe. It's about smoking. It's about cigarette industry. But he was a whistleblower. But it, you don't realize just what you're up against with the food companies and the diet companies. They're, they're insidious. They're, they're just, there's so much money, and it's just crazy. So, yeah, the calorie hoax is the idea that a calorie is a calorie. And, and it's it's not. It's not a cal- They want you to believe that because the biggest money in food is with processed foods. The biggest money is not raising 
grass-fed beef and selling it. It's not, uh, you know, selling the best lettuce, obviously. You know, it's in having, creating processed foods that are super cheap. They can use, you know, basically man-made products almost. Um, and then they can package them, brand them. They're one of a kind. That's where the money comes from. And so, of course, they want you to think a calorie is a calorie because then you stop thinking about the quality of your food, what you're actually putting in your body. It's, it's you know, it's like Soylent Green. I don't know if you ever watched that movie, you know, that we're literally, what you don't realize, that's what this Dorito Effect book is really interesting. It's all about flavoring and how it affects what we're eating. It's all about flavor. And if you take the flavor out of the food you're eating, you realize you're eating food stuff. It's not real food. It's, you know, and, you, and you're just putting it in your body and, uh, yeah, so you can't think of calories, it's a calorie. It, it is on a very, very technical level. But it's like saying a movie's a movie. A movie's a movie. A song's a song. No, it's not. I mean, they're, they're, yeah, technically. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you're an asshole, it's like, yeah, very, very technically. You, be, you know what I mean? You want to be that dipshit who's just like, oh, yeah, it's, it's calorie, calorie. Yeah, if you, if you were like, if you lived in a food lab, yeah, sure. If I controlled all your calories, you know, I could give you the calories of... Um, and they're finding out even with processed, ultra-processed foods, that's not even necessarily true. That's a whole, I don't get into that right now. Um, I've been listening to my food choices are getting so much better and I'm prepping food too. Good job, good job. Um, yeah, guys, listen to me. Like I said, I, I've got you on every level, okay? I don't, my goal, and I think I'm already there, is that no one's going to give you more free stuff than I'm going to give you. And I'm about to double down on all that because I got the, the um, Spark program uh, that I'm putting together. Eh, you know what? I was thinking this last night. I was like, oh, I said I was going to have it done yesterday. Everything takes me longer than I think it will. But I got the Spark program coming. That's completely free and will be forever where I'm going to give you trainings. I, get, I email you every day, give you hypnosis sessions. Um, so I'm going to help you out for free. And then I have a program, you know, programs that, that you can invest in if you want to, you know, um, all the way to working with me, you know, literally working with me in a group. Um, so... But yeah, and then the podcast. Yeah, the more you listen to that, the more, like you don't even have to want to lose weight. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Um, you know, a big, big hero of mine is uh, Alan Carr and he wrote The Easy Way. He did The Easy Way with a couple things, you know, but his smoking one is by far the big one. And I don't think The Easy Way, I, I don't think, you know, he was a big smoker and hypnosis in that method works very well for smoking because smoking is an abstinence model, right? You just stop smoking. Um, I don't think he did one for food and it's just, it's not the same. You can't do that for food, food. You need to approach your weight mastery, like college. There's just so many different pieces and I'm not going to bullshit you. Again, the diet industry is always, they focus on one thing. Oh, just stop eating carbs or just stop eating for 16 hours. Oh, just eat 1200 calories. Just count your points. Just It's like, no, you're going to have to, you got to deal with your mindset. You got to deal with your lifestyle. You got to deal with your eating strategies and what's available. You got to deal with relationships and emotions and, all this other stuff. So um, it's always more than one thing. Um, yeah, baby steps. Yeah, see, I can tell you've been listening, right? Because baby steps. And once you kind of wrap your, your head and your heart around baby steps and really that's the way, you know, you watch The Mandalorian, right? That, that, that's the way is baby steps. Um, and program yourself. Then we call it the 1% better a day philosophy. What you're doing with your diet mindset, you're trying to get 100% better in one day, right? It's a, today's Sunday. I'm going to eat like shit because tomorrow I start my plan where I'm 100% perfect, you know, and that's how you always approach your weight loss. But the real secret to mastering your weight is the same secret to mastering anything, which is that it's it's sustained consistency over time. 
that that's the secret, you know, and that changes everything. Tina says, how do I get into that mindset? Um, yeah, well, I mean, how do you get in that mindset? I mean, the reality is, you know how you get into a mindset? You need to be exposed to the ideas consistently over time. So I'm not going to bullshit. I mean, I was like, oh, just do this. Do this to me. See, I could do that if I wanted to sell you shit, but I don't. I sell stuff, like I have stuff to sell, but uh, I don't do it here. And I don't give a shit if you buy it or not. So it's like, it's going to freeze me up to like, just be honest with you. That there is no, there's no like magical thing. You know what I mean? So how do you get that mindset? The the cheapest, freest way to get that mindset is listen to my podcast all the time. Like if you listen to my podcast for a month, I guarantee you, you will, you will lose weight and it'll be easier for you. You know, guaranteed. I get every single day. I get people telling me this stuff. You know, it's been fun doing the podcast, the only videos, you know, those are out there too. Um, because it's just a different way to think about things. And once you realize, oh, I, my thinking has been the problem. Let me fix my think thinking. It's completely different because a diet, you're not fixing your thinking with a diet. You get the same dumb thinking thoughts and then you're just trying to force yourself to act different. It never works. You know, when you think differently, you act differently naturally. You know, Don says, unfortunately, doctors are not in the business of healing, rather treating symptoms. Yeah, I mean, it's just true. It is just true. You know, um, then they can sell you a pill with Oralistat. Yeah, Oralistat. Oh, good Lord. I got that one the other day. I, I, I forgot what it was. But yeah, when you stop absorbing things, if that's your secret to lose weight is I want to stop absorbing fat. You know, I thought we were past that. I thought we were past the fat scare, but uh, I guess not. Um. <laughs> What's your podcast? The podcast is Program Yourself Thin. That's the name of my program too. So podcast, pro Program Yourself Thin. It's on all the, it's on all the platforms. Um, also got a YouTube channel. I just put a video up there, kind of like a, like a, like a real video not just my um, TikTok. So go check that out. Go watch that. It was about um, weight mastery mindset, right? Weight, weight the mindset for, for successful weight loss, you know? Um, and so that's another thing to watch. You know, I'm, I'm going to put like, you know, seven, 10 minute videos up there, but I just put one up there the other day. I got hypnosis session up there. So yeah, YouTube, go check it out and then go subscribe. I need some love on that thing. I don't know. YouTube, TikTok was pretty easy for me to kind of grow on originally. You know, now it's kind of like, I don't know what's going on with it now, but um, YouTube's kind of the next goal, but I haven't consistently put on, I haven't focused on YouTube, but I'm starting to now. So anyways, yeah, you can watch stuff over there too. Like I said, no one's going to give you more free stuff to me. <laughs> like I, I guarantee it. I, I, I don't know anyone. It's even close, you know, because what I do really like, like in my business model, it's really, I got a Robin Hood model. So it's like, there are people that literally pay me $25,000 to work with me privately. Okay. And then I have my coaching group. Um, which even still, I kind of kept at a very low price and I will as long as I can. Um, but it, it's, just, that's just kind of a, a demand that so that's another thing too, but that, that'll go up in price, um, as the demand increases for it, you know, and, and I let people in cause I can only work with so many people. And then I'll, I'll my, my program, which I sell now without the coaching. And that's the big difference. And I'm doing a live class with that every week now, starting next week. So that, that's a great deal as well. If you can't do the coaching. Again, I suggest the coaching, if you can do it, because you can kick yourself in the pants. If you're on the fence, you're gonna kick yourself in the pants for not doing it when you could have done it for that price. You know, because it's gonna be, it's gonna go up quickly, but but hey. But um, the, the program itself will, will be there. And um, that's a great deal. That, that program's, program itself is amazing. <laughs> but anyways, uh, Don says, fat scare is back. They just cycle through these ridiculous fears. Yeah, exactly. That's absolutely what they do. Um, 
that's what I try to say to you. You know, I mean, do you know that now about the cigarette industry? Like they were sitting on studies. They knew it was linked to lung cancer 30 years before everyone knew it, you know, and they, they sat on those studies. They confused the public. They, you know, throw out more information to not, you don't know what, what weighs up. They're doing the same thing with food, right? Because a lot of people say, I don't even know what to do anymore, you know, because every week it's a different thing, you know? Well, that's very intentional. So, um, yeah, that's part of it. They, they again, they're they're very insidious with how they try and influence you, you know, and you never get a clear, straight answers about things, which is what I, I try to get on here to do to help you all out. Um, but the most important thing is that I think that what you should do if if you're not in my world is go to my bio, click the link, get the hypnosis session I give you, watch the training I give you right after that. It's um it's a real good training, and it, again, it'll give you kind of a It'll give kind of an overview of everything I'm talking about. You know, with here, I'm always kind of, uh, I'm always kind of bouncing around. So that one there gives you a much better um, kind of overview from, from start to finish. All right. All right, everyone, we get out of here. Uh, thank you so much. Great questions, great comments. Appreciate it all. Again, go to my bio, click the link, get the hypnosis session, watch the training, read the emails, and listen to the podcast. Podcast is Program Yourself, then it's on all the podcast platforms. Uh, and it'll help you. It'll help you master your weight. Um, if you're super serious, go to Program Yourself Then Check out the program and uh, get some version of it and start working with me. So uh, thank you so much, guys. I appreciate it. Have a great day, and we'll talk soon. Bye.